1: Believers, I got another exciting episode for you today. Um, today, I'm bringing on George Lunsford. He is an author. Uh, he used to be an actor as well. I'll let him get into all of that. But um, I'm excited to bring him on. He's written, I think, at least four volumes to this series of uh, ghost stories and paranormal, um, cryptid encounters and stuff like that. I picked up Volume Two on amazon it's called legends myths monsters and ghosts um he has it divided up into regions this is the northern u.s um west virginia is in there i'll be honest that's that's why i selected this exact you know volume but um great stories he does a good job with this and i'm I'm just looking forward to having him on and share his experiences because i believe he's had his own um encounters So I won't keep talking. I won't waste time. Let's go ahead and bring George on.
0: There he goes. Hi, my name is George Lunsford. I'm an author of a book series called Legends, Myths, Monsters, and Ghosts. I've done a little bit of everything. I was an actor for about 15 years on the side. I've had ghost encounters. I've had UFO encounters. I've made explosives, and I've inspected explosives. I've done pretty much anything, so uh, I'm here for whatever you want to que- whatever questions you have. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well,
1: uh, you you were an actor for 15 years. Was there uh, is is there anything that that we've heard of that anything that might be on Amazon or?
0: Uh, probably not. I've done a lot of independent horror movies i've done uh some commercials i done some tsa's uh the one thing that i know for sure that stood out there is uh, i did a music video for steep canyon rangers called long shot awesome man and those guys are great they're a trip steep canyon rangers i'll, I'll check them out
1: all right and if you've been in independent horror films you know i, I like watching those films My dad is obsessed with those films. You know?
0: (laughs) Well, i got a buddy. One of the main ones I did was for a buddy of mine. His name is uh, Dwayne Etheridge. You look him up on Facebook, he's on there. Okay. And you can get the movie that we did together. You can get it from him. It's called The Dead Don't Die. But it's not the Bill Murray one, because Bill Murray made one many years after we did. Really? really i didn't know that
1: that's cool though yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'll definitely turn dad on to that one because uh he said that every night for the month of october he wants to try to scare himself to death you know and he said what he's been doing is finding the the most campy uh Um, you know he said i keep getting disappointed in these movies he said they have good titles but i will turn him on to this one to see if if it gets his thumbs up, you know, his, his self-approval.
0: <laughs> Tell him to check out, uh, the trauma movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's all about those two. <laughs> well, I, I've met the guy who did the trauma movies. Uh, what's his name? Um, I just drew a blank. Anyway, I've met him several times and t- had conversations with him and everything. Yeah. Didn't he do like, uh, with, were
1: the Toxic Avenger movies, is that part of that? I thought so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Showing my age there, man. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, George, tell me about these... Uh, you said you've had your own personal experiences. I, I saw something about that on the back of the book there.
0: Um, I've experienced a few interesting situations with ghosts and uh, uh, had... S- We've had two UFO encounters now, but my wife is actually the one who had the second one. She just kind of showed it to me. She actually seen it before I did. Wow. We were up in a plane coming back from Chicago. We're at 35,000 feet above the clouds. And she hits me and she goes, look. And I said, oh, what is it? She said, it's a silver thing out there. I got to look and it looked like, you know, Several miles away, at the same elevation we was, it was a silver cigar-looking thing. Yeah. No jet uh, blast coming off of it. had no wings. It was just a silver tube.
1: Yeah.
0: We could see it really well. And uh, she reached down to get her camera, her phone, and by the time she pulled it back up, it was gone. It just disappeared. Wow. That's at thirty five thousand feet. Yeah. So let, there's nothing else it could be if it and not had no wings. It had to be a UFO. Yeah. Let them try to explain that one away. <laughs> <laughs> and my first one I had, I was in the Navy. Of course, I'm an old squid, and uh, we were dead in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. We had ra- radar on. We had sonar on. Everything, and. About when you're sitting on the deck of the ship, you can see 10 miles is the horizon. Yeah. Well, it was just inside the horizon, it looked like it's about eight miles away from us. We've seen a round, something round with lights on it. And it was just sitting there to start out with. And um, we reported it and we said there and was watching it. Me, the O3 lookout, and the front and the forward lookout, I was on the aft. And we were all three watching it, and it was sitting there, and it started going back and forth, side to side, just like it was looking for something. And it did this for about five minutes. And then all of a sudden, it stopped, and it shot straight up in the air and disappeared. Wow. It was, I've never seen anything, I don't know, any aircraft that can do that.
1: No.
0: That fast, not with that kind of acceleration.
1: No. No.
0: No sound. Yeah. You know, and radar and sonar never picked it up.
1: That's crazy. You know, it, <laughs> and you know, it's it's the navy videos that are popping up all over the place. Yeah. You know, all all these things. Yeah, the tic-tac videos, yeah. 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 I was I'm a vet too. I was in the air force. And uh, uh my uncle was. Was he? Oh, my uncle was in the navy, so that kind of works out. <laughs> uh you know and the the day i was coming home um, uh, i was leaving louisiana driving back home uh, that's where i had my ufo encounter or sighting whatever you
0: want to call it that was just louisiana though <laughs> yeah swamp gas right, right. My wife from there so i can make fun of it <laughs> oh is she really yeah she's, she's from new orleans oh wow that's awesome
1: man I, I went to New Orleans once about two weeks before I separated, you know, before I got out and uh, I'm glad I waited to the end because I was, I was stationed down there for six years.
0: Oh my Lord.
1: Yeah. And I only went that one time and I know had I went earlier, I would have been like a repeat offender down there in New Orleans because I had too much fun, man. Way too much fun. Well, what did you see?
0: Well, you got me wondering.
1: Yeah, I was uh I was heading home. We got up on I twenty. My dad picked me up actually, um, because we were towing a car behind us, and uh, we're on I twenty, right in this little town called Arkadelphia. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know where that's at or not, but there was a water tower there. As soon as we had the sighting, that's how I know where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're sitting in my dad's car, and out of the passenger side window, I saw this white light, you know, just going the same direction as we were, you know, it's going eastbound and it was just making a a good pace. It was low enough for me to see through the window, but there's no hills or nothing out there, you know, and, uh, the light keeps going ahead and to where it was kind of, it got far enough ahead of us that it was centered in between the, the middle of the windshield. You know, dad could see it. I could see it. And, by the time he said, you know, what the hell is that, that white light flashed out to this weird green color, and it filled the windshield, man. It was it was far away. But it, it, the light was super bright. It, it's, it flashed out, and then the light just sucked back in, and when it sucked okay. back in, it was gone. There was nothing there. Wow. I don't know if it had some kind of warp speed or if it went into another dimension or what, but... It, that's that's my story and if i didn't have dad with me i would i'd swear that i was just you know forgetting it you know or or adding something to it but yeah there was i don't know any kind of afterburners that,
0: that yeah. do that but i've seen i've seen in the 80s i've seen every aircraft you could think about it yeah i mean that there's nothing nothing does a green light like that
1: Right, yeah, nothing, and you know, I'm a, I was a sheet metal troop, so I I worked on B-52s. Um, that's what was at Barksdale, but you know, I went on a couple of deployments over to Guam and stuff. We were around the B-1 guys, you know. We had air shows with, you know, the 117s and stuff like that, and nothing was anything like that. That oh. was just it was weird, very weird.
0: that, that that's a trip. That's cool yeah it was fun
1: (laughs) (laughs) and of course i didn't record
0: it that's the good thing about it (laughs) well we we covered ufos real quick (laughs) Uh, what do you think these are ghosts i I had some ghost experiences well let Uh, me let me ask you before you get into ghosts Uh, okay these ufos
1: okay what what is your idea on on who who this is what they are uh, what we're dealing with
0: i i'm sticking with the fact that they're extraterrestrials from another universe yeah i do think that there is something going on with the dimensionals crossing dimensions yeah. something's going on there because there's just too many things out there about portals yeah i i, I kind of got that in my mind too but i think all the ufos are basically just other people from other places or Creatures from other places, not necessarily people. Right. And, uh, I mean, there's just too many other planets out there to think that it's not. I mean, if you look at the, uh, the age of the galaxy and the, and the uh, whole thing, our little section of it is actually quite young compared to some of the rest of them. Right. We're talking thousands of years here. Look how much, Look how much advance we've made from the 60s till now. Right. I mean, I was two years old when we landed on the moon. <laughs> and now they're giving people rides up in the up in the outer space now. Yeah. It's, wild. it's only a of time before we start going actually going out to places like Mars or or Venus or Jupiter or some of the other ones and actually terraforming them. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. I mean it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's gonna I, happen. I agree with you. You know, and Elon Musk said that
1: you know, he plans on colonizing Mars in his lifetime.
0: Oh, yeah. He's, if you look at the plan he's got laid out, it's very possible. Yeah. He's releasing a robot, and I think it's next year. It's a—it's like five foot four and waits on you at your house. What? And it walks on two legs.
1: I'll pass on that.
0: Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want nothing around the house. i not like that. No, no. I'm really the dumbest one in the house, so I don't need nothing else. Coming <laughs> Same here, man. The last thing I need is a, you know, a, a robot with an attitude in my house. <laughs> exactly. I mean, my wife's smart. She's way smarter than I am. <laughs> I'm just so dumb country boy. She's got like a master's degree and a bachelor's degree. So, you know. I'm just here. <laughs> That's why <I> <laughs> right. You know, I don't I don't know what
1: aliens could be either. I have about 80 different theories on any given day. I'll I'll spit one of them out, but I don't know, man. I don't I'm know. I'm
0: having a series of Bigfoot myself. I, I can kind of figure that one out a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what what's your Bigfoot theory? Oh, okay. If you look back. And all the legends and stuff and the information from the Indians when they come over the bridge, uh-huh. you know, uh, Asia over here, all of their information and all their stuff talks about finding giants here, white giants. Yes. And they were afraid of them because they were cannibals. Mm-hmm. So they attacked them in great numbers is what they said. They said they attacked in great numbers and they either killed them or they fled. And, you know, they would only go so deep into the woods and they would come out, the Indians would. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a, a, a these giant cave systems all over the world, especially in the United States, called the Mammoth Caves. Yep. And go in there and disappear for hundreds of years and nobody would ever know. Right. And I think that those, I think Bigfoot is the descendants of the giants. They've just regressed back to, I mean, they were already pretty primitive. They just, you know, regress back a little bit more. Yeah, and that's what we—that I think that's what they are.
1: You know, that's a great idea. That's a great theory because I hadn't—I hadn't heard anybody say that. You know, not—not not just like that. And that makes a lot of sense, man. Because um, you know, people might not realize, but you can take a, a domesticated pig and throw it outside. You know, throw it in the woods and within a season or two it's going to be covered in hair oh yeah you know yeah. What I mean. So, so that that part would be totally plausible too
0: um they've they've, they've actually found people that were feral like there's a boy in england that was raised by wolves mm-hmm. when they found him he was covered with hair yeah. he was barking he was running around like a dog but he was actually a little boy that had spent i think it was 10 or 15 years being raised by wolves wow and that's a true fact. I mean, that that was an actual story that happened. Yeah. Then the jungle book was actually written from that true story.
1: Yeah, I've heard of that. You know, I heard about that. But uh yeah, man, these it makes sense. It connects a lot of dots, you know, as far as the giants and and how they're here. So that's I like that theory. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> we'll throw that out to a couple other
0: I people. About, so you know <laughs> I'm right. actually going on a Bigfoot hunt on the 30th of this month. Do what? I'm going on a Bigfoot hunt on the 30th. Are you really? Where I at? Uh, not far from my house. Actually, it's over in Hot Springs. A uh, guy had had a recent sighting, and he had footprints outside his house. And one of the footprints, if I remember right, he said measured 18 inches. And it was 8 inches wide. And they had multiple sightings of large and small Bigfoot. Really? Yeah. Like a family unit.
1: Wait. What? If you find anything, you gotta holler at me. Oh, you know I will. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta holler at me. Send me some pictures or something.
0: I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the stuff. If I do get footprints, I'm gonna cast them. If I can find some deep enough. Yeah. And I'm gonna go up. I'm looking for hair. I'm looking for scat. I'm looking for any kind of sign. Because I it in the mountains, I know what to look for. Yep. You know, I'm an old hillbilly. So
1: <laughs> I went squirrel hunting this morning and I went to the same spot where I had my little uh I I call it a class B, you know, Bigfoot experience. Uh oh. But uh I went to the, the same exact spot and I was out there just Kind of pray, and you know, don't don't let me see nothing, man. <laughs> you know, I just want to shoot some squirrels and go home. That's all I want to do. You know. <laughs> well, tell me about your experience. Now you got me wondering. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's not real dramatic or anything. Uh, but it did get me on finding Bigfoot on that new special they put out. There you go. Um, yeah, I was down here in Logan County, West Virginia, and uh went early morning squirrel hunting. And it started raining on me a little bit. So I I just sat back, you know, and kind of just waited it out because I figure, you know, when the rain stops, squirrels come back out. Right. Oh yeah. And, uh, while it was raining up on the hill behind me and it, it's about a 35, 40 degree incline behind me. It's steep. Um, I heard what sounded like kind of like a woman giggling, you know, like kind of, kind of laughing, kind of whatever. And it, it had like a little bit of an accent to it. You know, it didn't sound like it was from around here. And I thought, you know, what in the world would there be, you know, an Asian lady laughing in the woods in the rain, you know, in a wildlife management area, you know, there's no, there's no hiking trails, you know, but you know, I, I heard that noise and try to just play it off. You know, maybe I misidentified something, but uh, a squirrel, a squirrel comes out, stops raining. I'll shoot that squirrel. And, I go pick it up, and I hear, again, behind me, it sounded like an oomph, like when somebody falls on their butt or something, you know, kind of knocks the the breath out of them. I heard that oomph, and then I hear hear a thump. And I turn around to look, and when I turn around, I see this branch helicopter and sideways down the hill. Off to my right, like it was—I don't know if it glanced off a tree or what—but it had forward momentum and it was spinning horizontally. You know, I don't think I do that in uh, the wild very often. No, no, I don't think so either.
0: <laughs> Not in fifty-four
1: years. <laughs> so I get up, you know, and I—I I pull my cell phone out and I start recording the hillside because I'm already all about Bigfoot. Um, but I—I just—I stay there for about twenty minutes. I don't hear anything else, and uh, that was the extent of it, man. I don't I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, you know, some kind of spirit in the woods. I don't know if it was a Bigfoot. Uh, no clue, but. Wow, that's pretty cool, man. That's as close as I got. And, you know, uh, I did go up there the following weekend and saw a bunch of, uh, like, this, this punky log was ripped apart, but there, that could have been a bear. You know, we have bears around here. There's a little oh, yeah. bit of hair on the log, but again, it could have been a bear. So I just kind of let it go and
0: kept hiking. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. It could have been Spirit Finger. Spirit finger. Yeah, you never heard of Spirit Finger? Uh-uh. That's a Cherokee legend. It's it's in book one. Uh-oh. Yeah, she's evil. <laughs> she gets livers. Well, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't. Her skin is made out of like a stone and she has one long finger as a really sharp part at the end of it. And she goes after kids and she can change her voice and she can shape shift and all kinds of stuff. Man, I'd rather see Bigfoot than <laughs> <the spear> Finger. <laughs> yes, yeah, Spirit Finger's kind of evil. We don't want to mess with her. Yeah, we'll just leave that. We'll leave that <laughs> you know what the Bad part of it is now you've got that in your mind now <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's all it took <laughs> i'm not like doing that to people i'm sorry That's <laughs> all right man
1: it's all right i'll just sit in the truck till the daylight <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just wait it out <laughs> oh lord you're killing me <laughs> <laughs> all right man. tell me about these ghost encounters these uh these experiences Right, here we go all
0: right well everybody that's ever interviewed me has heard the story about uh my great grandmother coming to see me when she died hmm. uh laying in bed uh early 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 morning like say probably two o'clock in the morning i felt something so i woke up and my great grandmother was sitting on the end of my bed but she was translucent and I thought, well, this is a weird dream, but I could smell her perfume. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, I said, Hey, and she told me, Hey, and that she was leaving and that she loved me. And then she just kind of faded away. Yeah. I went back to sleep, woke up and I could still smell it when I woke up her perfume. So I was like, something ain't right. And I found out she passed away.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's, That's a good experience,
0: I think. So far, I've had good experiences so far, except for when you're riding down the road and you feel something and you look over and for a second you see somebody in the seat and you can hear them talking. (laughs) That didn't happen to you, did it? Oh, that happened a lot. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah, I, I, I died when I was in my 20s for a short period of time. Okay, what happened? I had pneumonia, wouldn't go to the doctor. Because I thought they were full of crap. Yep. And so actually the PA that checked me out said I had bronchitis. And uh by the time they actually took me to the hospital, one lung was halfway full and the other one was a quarter of the way full. Mm. I couldn't breathe. I was <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> funny noises and gurgling and stuff. And uh I had over 104 fever for several days and uh I was lethargic and they literally carried me into the emergency room and, and they stuck me in a room and they had all the IVs and everything on me. Well, that night, it was probably 12, 1 o'clock. Uh, I, I was in the bed I was asleep and I felt something. So I, I woke up and there was an old woman standing beside my bed. And she was very nice and cordial and didn't scare me. And uh, I sat up in the bed and I was talking to her. And all of a sudden, all these people started coming through the walls of my room. And I could see over the corner, somebody there. there is kind of a darker figure. It looked like it had wings. So I jumped off the bed and I started talking to people. I looked back and I was still in the bed. Oh, wow. see my body in the bed. And the clock was stopped. Nothing on the clock was moving. No second hand was moving or nothing. It was just. Dead still. And nothing in the room had any kind of movement. To dissolve. It was all just kind of a, a haze. And uh I was talking to all the different people in there, and the angel walked over and raised his hand. there was a little dot of light. All of a sudden it went poof. And it's just a whole wall turned into a, a round light portal. And everybody started telling me bye and walking into this light from that was in my room. And I thought, well, I guess I'm going. So I headed towards it. And the old lady grabbed me by the arm. And she said, no, 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 honey. It's not your time. You lay back down. And uh, I sat back down the bed. And rise. I started to lay down, she walked through it. And when she did, it disappeared. And I laid down. And all of a sudden, I heard all these alarms going off. And all these people freaking out. My door slams open. And I said, what is going on? And freaked everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> You
1: absolutely gave me chill bumps,
0: man. <laughs> so I started talking to the nurse, and and I uh, told her about the lady, and she turned just this weird greenish white color in her face. Yeah. I started talking. To her. She said she died. I even told her her name and everything. She said she died last week in this room. Oh my gosh! Everybody I talked to her, I'd give her the names of everybody that come in my room had all passed away in the hospital. Oh, my gosh. It was pretty wild. That is wild. But ever since then, I've been able to kind of see or feel or hear things that most people can't hear. You know, Not all the time. I don't have it like some people can see. Every, I don't see it all the time. I just hear every now and then. You know, I can hear voices when there's nobody there. And people in my van, when I'm driving down to dead, blame and scaring the crap out of love me. <laughs>
1: man, you know, they say that, you know, once you've experienced death, that it kind of opens you up to make you more sensitive to that kind of stuff.
0: I believe it. I really do. Man.
1: Wow.
0: So. <laughs> I got you shook up. You do,
1: man. You do. <laughs> I, I want to hear more about this angel. What did what
0: this... Was it the angel of death? Is that- I, I don't know. He never spoke. He just he just stood there, quietly and very reserved. And I mean, I could see his eyes. I could see his face. I could describe his you know, features, the hair, the wings. The wings weren't white; they were a, a light gray.
1: Yeah.
0: His skin was a, a, a grayish blue tint. Had incredibly blue eyes. You, it, it was just it was his eyes were the, the main feature you could see, and, and I can close my eyes and still see his eyes. Wow. He never spoke. Uh, he just looked. He 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 looked like he was sad, but not sad. Mm-hmm. More kind of you know hanging out. <laughs> Come on in, here's
1: the clue. here's the portal. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I, I appreciate you sharing that because I, I had no clue that was coming. That was, <laughs> man. and look, my the reason why I was asking, if you know, what what the angel looked like and stuff, my wife is a nurse and uh, she's been nursing for probably 16, 17 years now. Mm-hmm. And for several years, she spent in a nursing home working the floor and she has seen what she calls the angel of death um, she said it was a lot like just like a black shadow you know just a black mass yeah you kind of see through and it just she watched it like drift towards the room and um, within you know 20 30 seconds this woman coded and she don't hardly talk about it I sneaked and recorded her talking about it to one of her friends. I haven't released that episode.
0: But... <laughs> she may kill you. <laughs> yeah, she probably will. I'll probably be seeing you next. <laughs> so... Keep an eye on the corner of your
1: room. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. no kidding. But yeah, that's why it's, I I'm so fascinated with that stuff, you know, with what's what is after this life. You know, what what else is there? Um,
0: well you don't want to know what, one funny i did a zombie movie one time this is on the same thing you're not going to think it is but it really is and i was doing this zombie movie and one of the guys that was in the movie was a young man he was a young big strong guy uh and he was talking to all these other other actors there there were some younger college kids there and he was talking to them about you know Christ and everything because he was a preacher mm-hmm. and i walked in the room and they were all just kind of sitting there and, you know, someone's going, well, I don't believe, you know, I think once you're dead, you're just a pile of bones and a thing. A couple of them believed all this other stuff. And they didn't realize I was standing there. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you right now, you're all wrong. And they go, yeah, what do you know? I told them my story. Yeah. And I have never seen so many nervous looks on people's faces in my life. And I think a couple of them, one of the guys I know started going to the church with that uh, young man that was preaching, Preached, and I said, look, I said, you guys can think what you want. And I said, but here's the fact. This is what i seen and what I experienced. And I told him that story. Yeah. <laughs> Changed a few minds, I believe. You got
1: some converts right there on the spot.
0: <laughs> but I mean, you know, the whole thing. the whole thing about it is, when I was experiencing it, there was never any fear. There was never any anxiety. I mean, nothing. It was the most relaxed, comfortable feeling I have ever had in my entire life. Wow. I'm as happy I'm saved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's because uh, it could have been a different story. So. Yeah, it might
1: have been a completely different experience had you not been.
0: It could have been a lot warmer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so so tell me about these hitchhiking ghosts well every now and then i can i, I can be driving the road and I, you know how they put the memorials on the side of the road yeah the person that died shows up <laughs> Will it be a man woman kid that could be just i'll see them in the corner of my eye mm. and i'll speak and i'll look and i can just see them for just a brief second and they'll be gone. Course driving 60 70 miles an hour, it's probably a good thing. I'll be wrecked somewhere, but you know. But it, it's it, it it doesn't scare me anymore. It just surprises me every now and then. Yeah, especially someplace I've never been, and it happens. Yeah.
1: Man. Well, do they? Have, how do they appear to you? I mean, I know it's it's kind of a peripheral view, but are they? Do they look well? Okay, so it's nothing graphic, nothing.
0: No, there's not like half their head hanging off or anything, now.
1: Okay, because I, I had a lady that's, a, a, you know, she's a medium, and she says that, you know, these spirits see her, you know, they come to her and stuff, and that it's at their moment of death is how she sees them, you know. So she's telling me all this graphic stuff, and I thought, man, I, don't, I couldn't handle something like that, you know.
0: She probably has a lot more better vision of them than I do because I'm just seeing, like, they just look like a lost person yeah why, why am i here and now i can hear i can hear them in my head you know they're going what happened why, why i'm here and you just kind of talk to yourself like you're talking to them and go you, you had a car accident and you what you didn't make it so you, you need to you know cross on over and then they'll they'll either say thank you or they'll just disappear
1: wow again i got chills all down my legs <laughs> <laughs> is daily life for me so <laughs> man. well no wonder you're into these books <laughs> you got you got these <laughs> stories oh um, all right are there are there any other ghost stories that are going to scare me to death with Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDIC. I want to take just a minute to tell you guys about SquatchSurvivalGear.com. If you're into camping, bushcraft, survival, prepping, or just looking for an everyday carry, SquatchSurvivalGear.com has everything you need. They have the gear to help you survive the worst day of your life. You know, it's just to help you be ready. Uh, for me, I have the Rock Ape Pack. It's one of the backpacks that they offer. It's it's a good-sized bag. You know, it, I, I took it out on my last trip for a, for a four-day camp, and everything I needed fit in there. Um, they have things that go from that size down to, like, a sling bag. They have a bigger bag, you know, like the Grassman or the Yowie. Uh, if you haven't noticed, they have cool names, too. You know, they're named after, you know, these cryptids, the Minahuni, uh... They got it all, but the gear itself is 100% made in America. Every component is made in America. Um, The guy that's designing them and making them here, his name is Chris. He's been on my show a couple times, but he's a uh, he's a veteran, and he went with the gear that he used while in military service, and reconfigured it to to be even better. And made it available, you know, to the civilian sector. Top of the line gear, absolutely bomb proof. I love it. Best stuff I've ever had in my life. You know, I've I've had Camelbacks, I've had LL Bean, I've had uh, some some really high end stuff, but this Squatch Survival Gear, it just it stills the show. Uh, it's fantastic gear. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. You can use promo code Bump10 and save 10% on anything on the entire site.
0: Well, I, <laughs> uh, I had a, I used to live in a, a different place, right? And it I was in a mobile home and me and my wife had divorced and I was living at the house at the time. And that place was haunted. And I already did some research on it and found out there was a family who, who lived there in the early 1800s and they all died of, uh, I think it was tuberculosis. Hmm. And uh, there was a, a woman, a man, a young girl, probably around 16 or so. I called her Bertha. And then there was a young boy. Now, the young boy would show up either on the porch or in, running across the yard. you just see a little glimpse of him every now and then. Or, like, you could feel something looking in at you, and you turn around, and you could just see him for just a second in the window, and he'd disappear. Never seen the parents. Bertha... Loved my kids. My kids were both real little. Yeah. And she loved them. And one night, especially, my daughter was crying. She was a little bit of in thing in her in her, in her uh, cradle. In there, I mean, her bassinet or cradle, whatever you want to call it. I and mean, she was asleep in it, and she started crying. So I got up, went to go in there. And right as I started, oh, I opened the room, I started in the door. I could hear somebody going, shh, shh, shh. You can see the blanket like somebody was patting it, and my daughter went right back to sleep. Wow! I said, "Thanks, Bertha," and we we'll around and went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> the best one with her, though. I was dating a woman, and she was staying at the house, and Bertha didn't like her. So I had come home the night before, and I had thrown a bunch of change up on the bunch of pennies. I think it was like 10 or 12 pennies up on the table. And next night I got up, I was working nights and I went to work and I got this frantic phone call and she's freaking out on the phone. This girl is, I was dating. She goes, you're not going to believe what's going on. You got to see this. And she and she sent me a recording. The pennies on the table was sliding across the table and they'd fall off and land on their edge. And they'd go, they'd roll straight stop the nine degree turn roll and then fall over heads up all of them did it every one of the things didn't they made a perfect circle she left <laughs> <laughs> i guess so yeah she wasn't happy i don't know why <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, why do you think these why do you think some spirits get stuck and some is it is it because of faith that they're trapped here or
0: i think that like say something traumatic happens i think they don't realize they're dead i really do I think because it you can almost tell them it's okay you're gone you know it's time for you to go home and then you'll never see that spirit again
1: wow
0: and it'd be you know it's just i don't know if they they get confused they get lost they get uh just misdirected i don't know it's, it's kind of weird i mean like the people in the hospital some of them people have been wandering the hospital for like three or four days before the angel was there mm. and for some reason they gathered in my room i don't know why but it's kind of cool
1: yeah
0: it's you know there's no rhyme or reason that we can understand but i'm sure you know it's regular practice for them yeah but uh I don't know. I don't. I don't understand why some doing, some don't.
1: Yeah. Do you ever uh, visit other people's homes and check it out to see if it's haunted for them or anything like that? I mean, you got you obviously
0: have a gift now. I have. I have a small gift. Yeah. Small gift. I don't. I don't have it as good as some people do, like some of the mediums and stuff like that. But uh, I can get. I get feelings when I do anything. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a ghost in this house. nobody's ever died in this house. Nobody's ever died on this land that I know of. I've been here for since I was 14 or 15. So, I mean, we've been here forever in this house, but we had a ring doorbell set up. that You're going to love this. We had the ring doorbell. We bought me and my wife and we were sitting here one night and that thing started going off. Now I have a see-through door and me and my wife are sitting right here. The door's right there. And All of a sudden, the ring goes off. We're like, why is the ring going off? And she pulls it up on her phone, and we're sitting here looking together, and this mist, a human-shaped mist, comes out of the middle bedroom and goes to the middle of the porch, and it stops, and it looks like the head part of it looks at the camera. Mm -mm. And then it turns its head and turns uh, and walks straight off the end of the porch. (laughs) (laughs) And we've never seen it again. Man. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing we've ever
1: experienced here. Yeah. You know, I've doing this show, I've had some weird stuff pop up here in this house. Oh, yeah. We've only lived here a couple of years. And uh, we, we bought it in August of 2019. I started doing this show in May of 2020. And... Every once in a while, and it hasn't happened in a in a few months. So it's knock on wood, but we, uh, you know, if I do a show and I talk about Bigfoot, nothing weird going on. I could talk about UFOs, nothing weird happens. But when I get these people on here and they have dark, dark stories, yeah, they, they share this poltergeist or demonic activity kind of stuff. You know, I've had speakers go completely out on brand new laptops. I had to buy a new desktop computer for it. Um, just weird stuff like, you know, electronic issues going on. Okay. But uh, I kind of chalk that up to maybe I'm just that bad with technology, you know, and I just, you know, try to <laughs> try to talk, explain it away. But then you start seeing, you know, like little black shadows out the corner of your eye, yeah. um, kitchen cabinets slamming. Uh, my daughter said she saw the bottom half of an apparition go through the living room. So I, I got on Amazon, man, and I ordered three crosses from Jerusalem, <laughs> and I, I put them all through the house, and I go through the house, you know, shouting and praying to every corner of the room, and every, you know, all through the house, and I, I swear you could feel whatever it was leave. It's like, you could feel something going away, you know, it's like the room warmed back up a little bit, you know, it didn't feel so cold, and. Just that heaviness was just gone and it's been good ever since, but.
0: Good. That's real good. We don't like the bad stuff.
1: No, we don't. We do not.
0: (laughs) Especially something like that. I don't, I don't get into that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, for a long time, I was kind of leaning away from the, you know, the super scary stories. I was like, let's talk about, you know, Casper, (laughs) you know, let's not
0: talk about the exorcist, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't really have, I haven't experienced anything bad so far, which is good. Yeah, thank and you. I don't want it, I guess, because I've, you know, I, I know, I know where I come from, so I don't have to worry about that, all that bad stuff. That's so, right. Uh, well, let's see if I find you a really good story here. Let me think. <laughs> oh, here's one. Bermuda Triangle.
1: Yes, let's do it. All
0: right. We were in the Bermuda Triangle, of course, many times we spent, we was, I was stationed out of Charleston. So we went to the Bermuda Triangle all the time. And one time we went through, we found out of nowhere, just like it just popped up all of a sudden, we found an F-14 tail fin, which in itself is not that unusual. But when we actually got it up on board the ship, This thing had been missing for like four or five years, but there was no barnacles on it. It had been in the ocean, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: okay? And around it where it should have been connected to the aircraft was smooth. There was no ridge. It's like it was laser cut out. Really? Yeah. It was strange.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep that's strange like uh man so <laughs> what is the bermuda triangle is that a portal did, did it just kind of
0: phase in or like, did it the tail get cut off i asked through it, it, was, it was like it was set there for us to find. Yeah. It wasn't there. We What happened is we went through, we was doing maneuvers. We went through that area and we did some stuff and we was coming back. And that's when we seen it. And It was like someone had just. it was like a giant hand set it in the water for us to find right there.
1: Right. It was weird.
0: What were you all doing in the Bermuda Triangle? You said this is common? <laughs> yeah, we have, it has, uh, we have areas out there where we go out and train and stuff. Do you have malfunctions with equipment and stuff out there? I- have, yes. The The best one, the best story, I'll tell you this one. Yeah. This one to us, We was, I can't remember what we was doing now. We was out there. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous day. The sun was shining. It was the perfect temperature. Just a light breeze. It was just, you know, it was a, a gorgeous day. The water was as smooth as glass. And we were just out there and we had probably, we were probably running 15, 20 knots, you know, not not a, not a fast clip, but we were just kind of scooting through the water real good. And I was on aft lookout again, and you could see something in the distance ahead of us, like I said, about 10 miles, and it was a little dark darkish gray spot and as we got closer it got bigger and bigger to when we got within 10 miles of it you couldn't see the top you couldn't see the ends on either side it's just like this giant wall of fog dark dark fog and as the ship went into it so this is the fog as the ship went into it you know when we already had inertia and everything going forward as the ship went into it, as each part of the ship went into the fog, the electronics shut off. Anything electric or electronic shut off, and all the compasses started spinning wildly like a magnetic. And I'm watching all this from my aft lookout, knowing, <laughs> oh, crap, here I go to it. Yeah. And we have sound-powered phones. My phones go dead. My watch is dead. My watch stopped. We went through the fog. As we come out the other side of the fog, each part of the ship that come out, electronics kicked back on, the compasses started to stop spinning. And it it was just weird as we come out and then I come out and everything started working again. But when we come out, we looked around and it was a hazy day and it was nasty and sprinkling rain and the skies were gray. The water was choppy and the fog bank was gone
1: what what
0: after we cleared it it just disappeared but the weather turned bad see that's wild man
1: that's like you jumped into another timeline or something you know
0: it was different it was it freaked everybody out not just me it freaked everybody out forward look out all the way back Mm -hmm. yeah did
1: did any time pass that you know of like
0: Not that we could tell, but we know back then you never. We didn't even think about even checking that because that was that was the eighties. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know. Wow. Yeah,
1: I'm so glad you brought it up, the Bermuda Triangle, because I have students in my classroom that tell me, you know, I, I let it leak that I have a podcast, and they're like. You gotta talk about the Bermuda Triangle, and I thought, where in the world am I going to get a story about the Bermuda Triangle right here with George Lunsford? That's where I'm going to get it.
0: <laughs> <Ta-da>! <laughs>
1: Okay, so, so what's up with that place? Is it just like a
0: magnetic anomaly there, or is there a port? What do you think's going on with that? There's definitely some magnetic issues going on, just from the trap. The fact that this the compasses were spinning
1: yeah
0: so there's something magnetic going on there but it's not constant it's a, it's a it's it's just something that happens every now and then. that's why there's not always ships being disappeared there or not always airplanes but there's something under the water it has to be something under the water that's causing this and i've heard all kinds of theories about a giant crystal pyramids i've heard about aliens i've heard about everything in the world but there's no not one single excuse that can explain everything all right i mean i just know too many people who's had experiences in there and got out but weird things happen to them i knew a guy had an airplane he was flying back from bermuda and everything started spinning and next thing he know he was flying over miami and he shouldn't have been. He should have been in the middle of the ocean, but his, even his time and everything didn't line up. Nothing is, the log books lined up, nothing. He was just like he jumped 500 miles in the blink of an eye. Wow. It's just weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about
1: that. But that's, that's the weirdest stuff ever. You know, I, I I love hearing about it. I can't even begin to wrap my head around it, you know, but I don't know, man. That's,
0: that's a good one. Okay. I know some interesting things happened when I was in the Navy. Yeah, I guess so. Well, we've we seen like 15 giant uh, water spouts. We're talking miles wide water spouts in the horizon all lined up it's like they were walking behind each other. This it, it's just weird things like that and it happens in the ocean all the time. We, <laughs> we was selling, we was probably, I, remember, I think we was closer over to like Europe. I don't remember. But uh one time we was out there and looked down and then everywhere in the water you looked was hammerhead sharks. Wow. The entire water was just covered with hammerheads. They were migrating, <laughs> <laughs> but
1: only you know only if you're in the navy will you get to experience that stuff. You know, I, I said the stuff. I love it. I love it. Yeah, like I said, my uncle was in the navy. He stayed in. He was a career man, and uh, he unfortunately he passed away after he retired like two years. Um will hear that. And he, uh, he lived in New Mexico. But he would come home to visit. I got to see him a couple times, and whenever he stopped in, his stories were wild. You know, it was about eating, having feasts with sultans on the other side of the world, and you know all this stuff. I was like, man,
0: I believe every word he said. <laughs> you know, why would... my great uncle retired out of the navy, and he was a trip. Lord, how mercy, that man was a nut. He'd been around the world seven times, been in all seven seas. He went through Korea and Vietnam. Wow. And he was just, I mean, he was a character and a half. He was a lone shark in Vietnam. <laughs> As he he ran a gunboat. He was a mate, run a gunboat up and down the rivers over there. He was also a lone shark, and he was an advisor for a short period of time. Oh. <laughs> He has some of the best stories ever. I can't even come close to his. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. You got Bermuda Triangle stories.
1: <laughs> that takes it for me. Yeah, that's I don't know which one it freaks me out the most. Either the you know your near death or your
0: death experience or the Bermuda Triangle story. <laughs> like I can listen to that all day. <laughs> Well, for, you know, you gotta wonder about somebody who went to haunted high school and then, you know, when all the all this crazy stuff in the Navy and and, and all the stuff with the explosives and everything, you know, it's I'm not right in the head. So <laughs> <laughs> no, you you are right in the head.
1: You are getting to see what we're supposed to see. You know, that's
0: well, no, I can prove I'm not right. We <laughs> I worked at explosives company, and this company had different buildings for different explosives. And they were actually pressing and when you have a sidewinder missile, it has two compressed explosive pieces in there, packs of explosive. And when you compress in this explosive that's called RDX powder and you compress it into a, a solid. Well, if you don't clean every single little drop of dirt out there, I mean it can't even be a, any dirt at all in there. If you when it's pressing down, it'll cause electrical spark and it'll blow up. And the, the operator is behind like a three-foot reinforced concrete wall, so they're pretty safe. We had one blow up, blew the, blew the press all the crap. Mm. <laughs> and they have blowout panels on the back where it blows it out into the woods. To show that I'm not right, <laughs> we had this explosion and I went around to the back of the building where the water hose and was putting the woods out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thinking man right there <laughs> yeah. yeah well i knew the exposure i knew the, the the powder and stuff wouldn't blow up because it takes a, a a charge or a spark to set it off it you can set it on fire and cook off of it wow <laughs> so you know
1: yeah the the explosion was over you don't want a forest fire so you know you're out there
0: <laughs> and my boss freaked out what are you i get out there you know so uh, <laughs> I was off and went away from our department.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, let's let's get into your books a little bit. I know we we've sat here and talked for all, probably almost an hour already. Sorry. If, no, no, I love it. If you got time, uh all time in the world. Awesome, man. Awesome. Let's uh, what what got you into writing these these stories?
0: Well, I'm a little different. I was acting, and I guess got tired of all the political crap and everybody's garbage. And I was talking to a friend of mine. He wanted me to write a script for uh, this guy who does NASCAR. He was a NASCAR uh, uh, crew chief, and Larry McReynolds. So I took the book and I wrote a script about Larry McReynolds, a full feature script about it and turned it in, and I thought, well, I think I'll write a book, so I talked with my publisher, and I said, I'm gonna write a book, he said, okay, let's do it, and I got thinking, what do I want to write about, when I was growing up, our grandparents and our parents would tell us stories about the area, you know, they'd tell us things about, you know, we have one called Helen's Bridge, it's supposed to be a haunted bridge, and why it was haunted, and we had a place called Chicken Alley, where this doctor got killed, and they say his ghost still walks the alley. Hmm. Well, we hear all these stories as kids, so we wanted to go check them out. Yeah. Of course, we did. And <laughs> we won't get into all those stories, but <laughs> I just decided, you know, kids these days don't have the luxury of getting these stories handed down to them. Yeah, So they're, they're in their own little, everybody's in their own little state, in their own little area, and they don't really... There's not that communication that we used to have, you know, and you actually had to make an effort. and You didn't just play on the cell phone. So I thought I'm going to write stories and let people know about things that are happening in their state. So I took, I did the first book and my first book is really thin because when I was writing it, I didn't know what I was doing. I used the wrong font. (laughs) So I thought I had 150 pages. I had 70. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. But, you know, I I did that. I talked about a lot of of the first book. It goes from North Carolina over to Texas and down to Georgia. I mean, down to uh, Florida. And it has about four or five stories per state. Plus, I threw in five of the the Cherokee uh, tribe legends. Like Sukaloo, which is the Cherokee Bigfoot, yeah. Raven, Mocker, Spearfinger, the Little People, and I think that's all. Yeah, I think that's all from there. And uh, I thought, well, I've done the South. Let's do the North, which is what you've got. Well, I did Virginia, uh, North, and Ohio East, and I did. Uh, of course, I in that book I had to put in. Stories that had it was the basis for movies like Jaws, The Conjuring, Annabelle, The Haunting of Connecticut, and Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. Stories that were the, the real stories that happened, but they changed them around for the movies a little bit. Like Jaws. The main attack in the movie Jaws was a great white shark. In real life, it wasn't. It was a bull shark in one of the tributaries feeding the ocean. Nice. And I, just I, I really just, I really enjoyed them writing these stories out. So I said, you know what? Let's go ahead and do the West. So I did from Kentucky to Kansas and everything north, including the dog man up in uh, Michigan and Momo Monster, yep. uh, which is uh, uh, Missouri's Bigfoot. He's yep. a little different. Uh, the Beast of Bray Road, and I did five stories from the Sioux Indians, which they had some really cool tales. That was hard to pick just five. And in the second book, I used Washington D.C. I threw stories in. Like there's a ghost in Congress that's bad to smack the congressman in the head as they walk down the stairs. Hey, I like my, that's my kind of ghost. Yeah, I like you. <laughs> and then I just finished doing the the West, which was from New Mexico up to Montana. And there's stories in there. I threw in uh, the Inuit people who five of their stories in or four of their stories in, and also threw in seven from overseas. Because every country around the world has stories. Oh, yeah. And every country has Bigfoot somewhere. Yeah. There's a Bigfoot in every country of the world. And uh, the cool thing about the ones from overseas is like, I did Vietnam. I talked about the uh uh wood apes which attacked our our soldiers over there. That's a Bigfoot they attacked our soldiers over there. And there's just a bunch of stories I really enjoy doing. Just, there's so many good ones. It's they're just fun to read. I wasn't trying to scare anybody. I just wanted to give them some information from to talk to each other about, you know, yeah. uh Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. Uh West Virginia, of course, the Mothman. And the cool thing about the Mothman, what I love about him is the Blackbird of Chernobyl is the same description as the Mothman. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And they've seen him right before the meltdown, same as they've seen him right before the bridge up in uh, West Virginia.
1: Yeah, that's well, I kind of think he's like like a harbinger of doom. You know, it's like you don't want to see the mothman
0: (laughs) and you know what the the big debate about him i found out here lately which i didn't know was even going on but i found out some people they're trying to decide is he actually a physical creature is he a a a, you know a spiritual creature or they don't know there there's so much discussion about what mothman is and Honest with you, I really don't know. I, I can't, I can't pin it down to one or the other.
1: Yeah, uh, me neither. Because it it does these supernatural, you know, it has these supernatural aspects. But then, yeah. some of the earlier sightings, you know, when the whole flap was taking place, you know, people were talking about they saw like tugging at his wing, like it was stuck in a chain link or on a cable or something, like, like trying to free himself. So, that's a totally different, that's a physical creature. It is. So, I don't, they say it has, you know, big, strong, man-like legs. So, why would you need that if you don't have to have a, you know, if you're not physical, you know?
0: I'm almost, one, it almost makes me think, now, this is a little different than most people. I must basically think it's a dimensional creature. Yeah. Live in multiple dimensions at one time. And that would explain it being physical, or it being spiritual.
1: Yeah, and I think we, have we give a, it
0: appearance. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. That makes sense to me, and I I think we deal with that a lot. I think a lot of these cryptids could be something interdimensional. Um, yeah, that goes I think
0: on. It's starting to break down a little bit.
1: yeah Yeah, I think so. I, I think there's something going on. Uh, there's something's changing. I don't know if it's from experimentation going on like with CERN and all that if they if they actually popped a you know pop something open they shouldn't have you know like some kind of dimensional portal or what but
0: well I mean if you think about it there's been more sightings since CERN found that particle yeah than there than there was before yeah yep. Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs>
1: that that is a big theory, man. <laughs> I guess we're just born at the right time or the wrong time, however you want to look
0: at it. Already born.
1: Yeah, me either. I'm just glad that uh, uh, I'm I'm glad that I'm set up, like you said. I'm I know where I'm going, so I'm not too worried about it. That's it. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, man. Uh, George, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find your books? They can find your, uh, you know, all your information. I know you got a website and stuff, right? I do have a website, and this
0: interview will go on the website. Fantastic! Thank you. Uh, my website is x 10 hostcom and it has my new book trailers on it. It'll have interviews. It'll have stuff about me. If you want to know about an old fat country boy. (laughs) Uh, It's just, I got all kinds of information that I'm going to be putting on. So my wife actually wrote my website. She's she, like I said, she's the brains. Wow. I'm just, I'm just here. Uh, She soon as she gets everything worked out. I'm going to have videos on there. Uh, I've already got, like I said, I've got my book trailers at the very front of my website. So when you go on a website, you click on the new book trailer and it's, it's really cool. Sorry. It was worth me out paid for it. Um, but yeah, we'll have all the interviews on there. We can find if you want to listen to me Yep. Yeah. Uh, and anytime I do a signing or anything like that, I'll be all that information be on there. And um, hopefully eventually we're going to be to a point where I'll be selling some books on there. From myself, I'll be selling signed books. Right now, it's just the links to like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all the different bookstores. Sweet,
1: sweet, yeah. And I, I loved your trailer by the way, the new one. You, you Thank sent you. that to me. I, I loved it. And if, if it's okay with you, I'd like to include it on maybe at the end of this interview. You know, attach it, attach it on there, or at least put a link on there where people can go oh, to site and see yeah. it.
0: I'd be honored. Thank you. Thank you very right. much. I appreciate it. I
1: appreciate it.
0: But if I get any action in my Bigfoot hunt, I will definitely be back in touch with you about that.
1: Please do. I, I got some guys down in South Carolina. They went on one last weekend. And uh, I'm I'm excited to hear what they have to say. They said they had a little bit of activity. And they actually use uh, my show's name in their, their group. They call, them, they call themselves Bump of the Carolinas.
0: Oh, that's cool!
1: That's yeah, cool. I love it, man. And uh, they're they're good guys. I've had a couple of them on the show, but I'm I'm gonna try to get back up with them.
0: Well, I got to say this: I got I'm working with uh, I've been talking to and uh, you know back and forth with Bigfoot 911. Mm. They put on our Bigfoot Fest here, and they're they're a bunch of investigators down in uh, Marion. Well, they just went on a Bigfoot hunt last weekend. They got uh vocals they got some wood knocks they got grunts and they got some uh bluff charges so this was at lake james not far from my house man bottom of the mountain so these guys are really good i'm hoping to be going with them here pretty soon also i've been talking to their their head guy name is john and uh I've been talking to him, and he—they're he, all cool guys. They really are. But uh, yeah, if I get anything happen, you're, you and uh, Mister Lee Pope is going to be hearing about it. Awesome. He wants me to—if I have any action, and I get to talk to him and the boys from Ames. Sweet. That'll—that'll that'll be cool, man. That'll be awesome. I—I I hope you stay safe,
1: uh, and I hope you have the experience of a lifetime.
0: I'm going armed. So I'm gonna make sure I stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There
1: you go. Hey George, I I really loved having you on. I feel like I could talk to you all night, but I got I got chili in there waiting on me, so I'm gonna to have to go eat.
0: <laughs> right, go eat, man. And I thank you very much for this. I, I really do appreciate. it. it was an honor being on your show.
1: Hey, thank you so much. And as soon as I get this, you know, edited and wrapped up, I will send you the RSS feed so you can put it on your uh, your website.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'll share it on all my media sites. I
1: appreciate that, man. That's that's the best thing you can do for me. I, I, I love that. Thank I you. I do to help you out. Hey, thanks, brother. You have a good night. You too. All right, that's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. If you just have to have more content, you can go to patreon.com slash the bump podcast and subscribe and be a patron. Uh, got more and more content on there every week. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, To catch up on past episodes, go to thebumppodcast.com, click the episode tab, and it'll take you to any episode you want to listen to. Also, if you want to be on the show, I would love to have you on, share your story with us, go to thebumppodcast.com, click the holler at me button, and holler at me. Send me an email, thebumppodcast at gmail.com, and uh, I'll get you on as fast as we can. All right. Again, thanks for listening. I love you guys. Until next time, don't stop believing.